I've been teaching about the importance of your identity, knowing your identity in Christ. I've been teaching of certain lies that the enemy strategically says to you to keep you from seeing the love of God, the love that God has for you, and who you are in Christ. The enemy has strategy. It's important we know how he works because then we can always have victory. The Bible says to be aware of the enemy's schemes. And so when you can be aware that the enemy's one weapon is lies, as he is the father of lies, and you know what kind of lies he's speaking to you, now you can always have victory because you won't allow him to fool you again. You'll recognize, oh, this is the lie that God taught me, that God warned me about, that was not his truth, and I will not accept it. This is how you have victory over the enemy. So we've been going in depth, really learning what these specific lies are, so you can have full freedom and victory in your life. And there's a reason why God has been teaching this to you right now in this season. And that's because revival is truly now. The harvest of revival. It's harvest time. The harvest is ripe. As you can see, all of these amazing miracles that have been happening. It's an appointed time of God for harvest, for the miracles to happen. But he needs an army of God. He needs vessels to bring in the harvest. Amen? He needs vessels. He needs you to tell others that he's moving and bring them to receive and encounter him. Hallelujah. So, to be a warrior of God, to be a vessel of him, you have to be equipped. You have to be trained. Amen? This is the equipping and training God has specifically done for you because he wants to use you mightily in this revival. There's a reason you are here today. God has chosen you to do wonders through you, for people to receive Jesus, receive miracles because of you, because you were willing, because you were the hands and feet, because you shared your testimony, because you invited them, because you had a heart for his kingdom. You had a heart for people to receive Jesus. Hallelujah. So this is why God has been doing this training to set you free. You must be set free from the lies of the enemy to be used mightily by God. You must be set free. Hallelujah. So your identity, your true identity is you are a child of God, a beloved child of God. 
whom God treasures and values and loves so much. There's not another you in this world. God sees you as so special and precious and powerful. He has made you a new creation. You are no longer your past life, but you are the righteousness of God now, which means God now sees you as good, clean, pure. His beloved child, who he's proud of, who he is proud that you are his child. This is the truth of your identity. And you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a vessel of the God who created this whole universe. God literally lives in you. When you make Jesus your Lord, when you simply say, Jesus, come in my life, be my Lord, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and dwells within you and never leaves. You are not a natural being. You are a supernatural being. You need to separate yourself from the world. You're, you're comparing yourself with other people of the world, how they look, their skills, their gifts, their abilities, their status, their success. But people in the world who don't have Jesus, they are a natural being. You are a supernatural being. Say, I am a supernatural being. God lives in me. Let's not take that lightly, that God, the creator of the universe, lives in you. Look at your hands right now. We're going to take this seriously. Look at your hands and say, my hands are the hands of Jesus. God lives in this body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is powerful. I know many of you know this. This seems like basic, but you, many of you don't have the revelation of this. Woo! God lives in me. And not only does he live in you, He's working through you. Whoo. That is, that's a whole, wow, that's a whole nother, yes, amen. As long as you're willing to be used by him, as long as you're willing, as long as you say, use me, God, God is using you. Do you know he's using you right now? Do you know he's used you many times? So many times you aren't even aware of. So many times you thought you were just being nice. It was God speaking through you. It was God smiling through you. So many times you thought you were just loving someone that's easy to love. You were destroying works of the devil as you encourage this person. Lies of the devil in their mind. 
You simply loved on them, encouraged them, and killed the lies of the devil. You were being used powerfully by God. When you speak, God's speaking. If you're willing, if you can put your eyes on him, as you can allow him to transform you into his image, as you can have the intention to love, to put others first, God is using you. He is using you. He's using you all the time. God loves to use you. God wants to use you. You are chosen by him. You are special. God wants to use you. God is proud to use you. So God is dealing today with that lie of insecurity. That nagging lie that says that you're not good enough, your gifts aren't good enough, your looks aren't good enough, your status isn't good enough, you're not a good enough parent, you're not a good enough friend, you're not a good enough employee, boss, minister of God, vessel of God. God is dealing with that voice today. Because that voice that you hear, that you see as insecurity, that you see as lack of confidence, is actually a lie from the devil. This is what it is. That is what it is. And it doesn't belong in you. It doesn't belong as your truth ever again. Hallelujah. To know what I've just shared with you, who you are, I am a powerful vessel of God, a supernatural being. This terrifies the enemy more than anything, for you to know the true power that you have. This is why when Jesus, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and an audible voice of God, God's voice said, this is my son in who I am well pleased. God spoke, this is who you are, Jesus. And shortly after that, Jesus was about on his way after 30 years of believing in this promise. He was finally walking into the promised land where he was going to do what God created him to do. What God put him on this earth to do, he was going to begin his ministry. Signs, wonders, and miracles were going to happen to him. Many were, so many were going to give their lives to him. And he was going to ac- accomplish the mission of rescuing us, being our savior. This was his task. This is who he was as a son of God. As a son of God, it was all of these things that he was about to do. And all of these things that he was about to do rooted in the truth that, of who he was as the son of God. Amen? The Son of God meant that he would and could do all of these things. Knowing he was the Son of God gave him confidence and ability to do everything that God had set out for him to do. It was because he knew who he was as a Son of God. 
because I know I'm the son of God, I know that these things will happen. I know I can do all of these things that God's called me to do. So he went into the wilderness right after that for a time of testing. As God always takes us through times of testing to sharpen and strengthen us. It's how he works for our good. So in this time of testing, the enemy, the first thing the enemy says to him in this testing time, in this temptation, or or trying to tempt Jesus, the first thing the enemy says is, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Because Jesus had been hungry, fasting for so many days and weeks. The first thing that the enemy said was, if you are the son of God. This reveals the enemy's strategy. The enemy knows when Jesus knows who he really is as the son of God, what that means, the power that he has, how God sees him, I'm in trouble completely. So he knew my only chance is to get him to question who he is. That's my only chance, the enemy thought. The enemy knows how things work in the spiritual realm. So, this reveals to us today, this is how the enemy works in your life today. He will send lies to you, making, trying to make you question who you are as a beloved child of God, that God is proud of you, delights in you, is proud that you are his son and daughter, is proud to use you, that you are powerful. The enemy does not want you to know these things. And this is why the lies come. Luke 10, 19. This is why the enemy is terrified. He's terrified of you knowing the power that you have through Christ. Oh, he's terrified. Because Luke 10, 19, it says, I have given you, this is, this is Jesus speaking, I have given you authority. I have given you authority. Not I keep all the authority and you just live here on earth. No, I give you authority, which means power. I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. All of it. And nothing will harm you. This is the Bible. This is the truth. You have been given by God all of the authority and power over every power of the enemy. Why don't many Christians see that then in their lives? Because they don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know that God 
has given them this and wants them to execute this authority. They see themselves as so insignificant. But God says, I've just chosen to give you authority. This is my way. I love you. I've chosen you. I'm giving you the authority. In your imperfections, I'm giving you authority over all power of the enemy. So God wants us to be like, to have, to have confidence. To, to be like, wow, God, thank you. This is amazing. I have all power over the enemy. Nothing can harm me. Nothing can touch me. Nothing can touch my family. This threat that comes in my life, God has given my, me authority. I know who I am in Christ. So this cannot stay. This, of the, this, this attack of the enemy must end in my life. When you know who you are as this powerful vessel of God who has the authority now over the enemy, the devil is in complete trouble. Matthew 17, 20. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Wow. Maybe you've heard that scripture before, but take a moment to really think about what that means. Nothing. Nothing God says will be impossible for you. You don't even have to have a huge face. If, if you have it as small as a mustard seed, you speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. Mountains in the spiritual realm. Mountains of anxiety. Mountains of depression. Mountains of demonic attacks. Night terrors. Mountains of sickness, of generational curses. The spiritual mountain, the demonic spiritual mountain in America that says that miracles aren't for today or the things of the Holy Spirit are silly or creepy or weird and that it's better to have church seem more flashy and entertaining and less about the power of God, right? We've seen that a lot in America, right? This disbelief in the power of God, that God wants to do the miracles that he did when he walked on this earth and that he did through the apostles. We see this huge disbelief and lack of hunger. Amen. This is a mountain in the spiritual realm and what you see right now is you and I here gathered today to speak to that mountain in America move yes oh this is the powerful thing you're doing by just you being here by just you being here 
I'm going to have Lisette share a testimony in a little bit. Yeah, you can come down right now. Come down right now. Hallelujah. Lisette came a, 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 few, a few weeks ago or so with her family, and she, she shared some amazing testimonies with me, and I want you to hear what God has done. Thank you for sharing. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Lisette, and the third week of February, I was invited to Revival at the Park to celebrate my friend Stone's birthday. And um, I came with my husband and my two kids. And um, what past, uh, Apostle Catherine didn't know was that in 2018, I dropped my husband off at the Dream Center in Los Angeles. And um, I dropped him off for a one-year uh, discipleship program. He was completely broken, um, addicted, and full of guilt and shame, and believing the lies of the enemy, pretty much. Uh, he, so he stayed for a year uh, for discipleship, um, did a complete 180, um, and just uh, met the Holy Spirit there, pretty much. Um, completely transformed a year later in August of 2019 my kids and I joined him um, at the Dream Center in LA and so it's been a journey and God's hands been upon us and our whole family this entire time so as we came to visit the first time um, Apostle Catherine um, spoke a word over our family and what she told us was uh, that God was working on restoring our family and that's pretty much where where we've been but we had a little bit of breakthrough the weekend before we came here with my son who's 13 years old um, kind of just um, just crying out and showing some emotion that he'd never shown um, about you know the circumstance of of missing his dad when his dad was away and just the aftermath of you know what our family lived through so um, that weekend um, you know, she she um, she spoke about restoration in our family without knowing anything about us, and that's literally what the journey that we have been on um, has been. Um, also, um, she spoke over my son specifically and said that um, that God was restoring his broken heart. And as a mom, her words were a confirmation of God hearing my prayers because that was my prayers for my son Pharaoh. Um, just not knowing what to expect or or being kind of shut in, you know, about his emotions. Um, God's really um, just started working on it. And um, also the week after we came and we brought friends. And um, uh, I, the funny thing is when she spoke over my son and my, and, and, uh, my family, I had been dealing with knee pain for almost a year, a couple weeks after the pandemic started last year. And... Um, I tore a ligament, my knee was on fire, it took for months and months and months to get an MRI, um, so now I got an MRI and I was waiting for an approval to get some therapy done on my knee, but I was still dealing with this chronic pain um, every single day. And um, the following week we came, we invited friends, and um, it 
I was so overwhelmed by everything that happened, you know, with my son and my family that I didn't even cross my mind to, to plead for myself for my healing. Um, so the next week, same thing, you know, I was just rejoicing with the word that everyone else was getting. And I left here. I got a phone call. I was a little distracted. But when I got out of the car, we were having dinner with friends. I realized that my knee was not on fire for the first time in almost a year. And... Um, I started doing squats in the parking lot, and my son, who had been tending to me and taking care of me and helping me get around and stuff, um, was like, Mom, calm down, calm down. You're going to hurt it again. And so the, you know, it's just, I'm just in awe of his goodness, you guys. Um, just coming here and um, and worshiping, you know, somewhere like the park where it's completely out of the box. Um, God's here, you know, and his presence is here. And um, I've, all I've done is share his goodness, you know. I will shout it from the rooftops. So um, it's been a couple weeks, and um, my knee still, I have no pain. I'm walking around. I'm going up steps and all these things that I w had you know, not able to do for a whole year. So I'm just, you know, I'm grateful to Apostle Catherine. I'm grateful to God. He just continues to just show himself so strong for us and for our family. And I know that your miracle is here too. Thank you, guys. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. This is amazing. And you know, just for her coming and position, positioning herself to receive and just being open to a little church in the park, you know, uh, where God's power is moving. I haven't really heard of that before. Maybe some, some people haven't, you know, because many people, I didn't know miracles even happened today until uh, five something years, six years ago, five and a half years ago. I didn't even know that. And most people don't know God moves like this today. So some people, I don't know, can be like, what's that? You know, I, you know, skeptical or something. But just you coming here with an open heart and positioning yourself literally to hear God speak and to receive a miracle, that is so powerful and the enemy is so mad. Yeah. That's so powerful. Like, Lisette sharing this testimony. Just her positioning herself to come, God did a miracle. And she shared with me that she's been telling her friends about it, about what God did. And probably some of the friends she's told, probably they don't, they haven't heard of miracles happening before. Or they themselves need a miracle in their lives. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Meaning that when we release our testimony... It's this like it's this truly spiritual thing that happens where it 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 prophesies to someone who needs a miracle. It it ignites faith in somebody. This is a spiritual miracle principle that happens when we release our testimony. Amen. So this is how God works when you when you simply sitting here right now being open to receive from God and to be equipped by him. You are speaking to the spiritual demonic mountain in America that resists the move of the Holy Spirit. Move. You are speaking to that mountain. This is powerful. Hallelujah. And when you can walk with that confidence, wow, I'm going to revival in the park.
park and I'm speaking to that mountain and it's moving. Or I'm sharing my testimony with somebody. I'm speaking to that mountain and it's literally moving. God is opening up eyes to your true identity that you were given authority to speak to the mountain, to release his power. Because this is what the enemy has tried to blind people for so long. The enemy, of course, does not want people to know to believe in Jesus. But do you know what terrifies him more than people believing in Jesus? Is for you to know who you are, who you truly are, the authority you have in Christ. That is what terrifies him. Because notice that God says, I have given you authority. This is why God chooses to use, chooses to use people. Chooses to use through people because he's given us authority. This is how he works. And so people pray to God, pray to God, pray to God, but aren't doing things God's way and they're not seeing results. They're not seeing miracles. The enemy has blinded many Christians. Where They're not praying effective prayers. They're not bringing authority on this earth. They're not destroying the works of the devil. This is a scheme of the enemy. Notice it says, you will speak to the mountain move. It doesn't say, you will ask me to move the mountain and I will. Now, it's God doing it. It's God's power making the mountain to move, doing the miracles. It's completely God. But God's chosen to move through us. The, he, he moves the mountain when we believe and speak. Hallelujah. So God wants you to have confidence in who you are as a vessel of God. You're amazing as you are. You are fully equipped. God will work through you. All the weaknesses you see in your life, that is the, that's the chance for God to come and move in power on. It's a good thing for you to have weaknesses. We all do. And that's what qualifies you to be used by God. I was, I was pursuing being a Christian pop EDM singer-songwriter when one day a prophet prophesied to me, you're called to be an apostle. I knew with all my heart that it was God speaking. But I was shocked. And to be honest, my heart didn't want that, to be an apostle. But more than my heart didn't want that, my heart wanted God's will to be done. To be in his will. So I accepted. But a big reason why I did not want to be an apostle, I had no desire to be a minister, is because public speaking was truly my biggest fear. I've been skydiving two times, no fear at all, not even butterflies. I've gone around the world on a cruise ship, knowing nobody with 400 friends, 400 um, other students on a, uh, it's called semester at sea. You take classes on a cruise ship. You go around the world. And there were days the boat was so rocky you could barely walk. 
went to all these foreign countries. No fear. No butterflies. Those weren't my weaknesses. Singing. Oh, singing I found confidence in. Now, I was the, I was, I considered myself the shyest person in my class in middle school. I was afraid that I was going to be voted most shy when I was a senior. I was that shy. I didn't know how to talk with people I didn't know. But God eventually gave me the confidence to sing. I had confidence to sing. This is my strength. I'm gifted here. I'm confident here. Public speaking, I was terrified. Um, and, I'd, and, and we would have uh, uh, presentations in college where you'd have to present in front of like 10 people. I would be so freaking out, like go brain dead. Doing a simple presentation. My biggest weakness was to speak in front of people. For real. And I didn't really, I didn't have a natural inkling to lead people. Like when I uh, was in college, they would all, we would have so many group projects, and I never would step up to be the leader. I, I, I didn't, it just wasn't natural to me to lead a group of people or to speak in front of people. So God is, is calling me away from where I feel confident singing what I love is calling me to do something that I have no clue to do, and it's my literally literal biggest weakness and, f- and fear. <laughs> but this is how God works. He calls us in our weaknesses so he can get the glory when his power works through us. We can say to ourselves, wow, this is God. People can look at us and see, that must be God. I knew him. I knew her. The foundation of being confident is having humility. Is, 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 is seeing the truth I cannot do anything without God. I need God for everything. And this is the beauty of God's perfect ways of choosing to use weak people, the foolish things, or calling you to do something that you're weak at, is that it, 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 it ushers you into humility. When you're only doing something, like for me, singing, Honestly, I wasn't like, God, I need you to help me sing. I was like, I got this. I'm going to sing. And this is worldly confidence, confidence of the world. No longer look up to worldly confidence. No longer see people who are confident in the world and look up to them and say, oh, I wish I had confidence like that, swag like that. No longer think that way because that's not godly confidence. That's called cockiness. That's called no reliance on God at all. That's called not humility at all. But true confidence that God wants for you, godly confidence, is seeing the reality. I am nothing without God. I can't do anything without God. I need you, Lord, to help me speak, to help me do this task, to be a parent, to be a good friend to be an employee, to be a vessel of you. I need you. 
So now, looking back on my life, though this journey of being an apostle has been trying on the most uncomfortable thing in my life, <laughs> constant, um, oh, I thank God. I thank God. His ways are so perfect because I've become so humbled through this process. It's caused me every time I get up to speak to, to, to look to God. God, I need your help. God, I can't do this without you. It's caused me to lean on him and that's what he wants. This is true confidence. I can't do anything without God, but God lives in me. And everything is possible through him. And God wants me to shine. God wants me to succeed. Because when you shine, God shines. You are the light of the world. When you shine in every way, inside to outside, now people can see Jesus. Now people are led to Jesus. And you need to know this and you need to be confident in this. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to shine. When you have this heart of God, I want to be used by you. I want your will to be done. It's not about me. When you don't want to succeed just for your own personal looks, how people see you, right? Amen? But when you have the heart, my life is not my own. I want to succeed to give you glory, God. I want to succeed to lead others to you. When you have this heart, God wants you to succeed more than you do. He wants you to shine more than you do. God wants you to simply believe this truth. Confidence is not in feelings. If you look back on every single sermon I preached over four and a half years, you would say, wow, she's preaching fearlessly. She's courageous. She has no nerves at all. I even see that when I look back. But if you could see what was going on inside, I don't know if people will be blessed. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I prepared enough. I don't know. I don't know if the, I, I hope these words will bless people. I don't know if it will bless people. Will people be able to receive me? I'm young. I was 25 when I started. I'm 25. I'm a woman. So many people have problems with women being ministers. I, I'm leading a church. I couldn't even lead a lead a, a, a small group in college. Will will people see me as a leader? Am I am I doing things right to be a leader? Are people receiving? Are they encouraged? Are they empowered? This person looks bored. This person's looking down at their phone. Oh no. These emotions and thoughts would go through my mind and those were coming from the enemy. They were not even my own emotions. They were coming from the enemy. If you are the son of God, he said to Jesus, if you are an apostle, how come not many people are coming? If you are an apostle, this, 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 this. 
for years. For years this went on. The majority, at this point in my life, I would say the majority of sermons I preached, I did not feel confident. But I was confident. Because confidence is not about your feelings. It really is not. God says, be strong and courageous. He doesn't say, force your feelings. If your feelings don't feel strong and courageous, then you're not strong and courageous. You're failing. But that's what we think, and we get insecure and down on ourselves. We think that feelings are truth, and so we don't step up and do something because we hear the voice saying, you're going to fail if you do this. And we believe that voice. But it's time to put that voice to death. It's time to reject it once and for all. This is true confidence, and this is what God taught me and what I've done. How I've gotten here is I would feel all of these nerves, all of this fear, no confidence at all inside. But I chose to believe the word of God over my life, who God says I am. I am a powerful vessel of God, child of God. I am, a, me personally, me, I am an apostle. I, am a, I, I carry power of God. I carry anointing. You, this is my truth. All of these lies happening, I have to push these away because I know, what I know is God's called me to do this. That's what I know. So no matter the feelings, no matter the voices, I have to step up and go and do. That is true confidence. Hallelujah. So the keys to being confident, humility, number one. Number two, believing what God has said about you, who you are. Pushing the feelings away and hanging on to the truth. Pushing past the feelings and doing it anyways. And God came through every time. Every single time those voices went in my mind and I would watch back the message. And I would be like, wow. What, that doesn't look like what was going on inside. You see, God wants you to have this confidence. He lives in you and he wants you to succeed. He wants to reach his people. And so he's going to back you up. He's going to back up his reputation through you. He's not going to let you fail. He's going to back you up. Oh, and I had to get rid of that lie of the enemy because I would, sometimes I would feel less confident and I would be like, oh boy, today's not going to be as powerful. No, it's a lie of the devil. God always came through. God was faithful. It's not about us. It's not about our feelings. It's about just choosing to step up and do what God's called you to do. And God does the rest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3, 4. We carry this confidence in our hearts because of our union with Christ before God. Yet we don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength. 
For our true competence flows from God, God's empowering presence. He alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Hallelujah. This, this verse is powerful. Meditate on this. This is what your confidence is rooted in. Okay, number three. You need to understand the why. The, you need to understand why, why you are going to succeed, why you are going to shine, why God is going to come through. God is depending on you to touch his people, to reach his people. He can't do it without you. This is very serious. And this is what I would have to remind myself. I need to get over my feelings. I need to get over how I feel. And I need to look at the people that God wants to reach through me. And God's just chosen it this way. God had given me revelation, passion for his truth, for the power of God. And God had deposited anointing in me. God had made it this way, that he's called me for this specific thing to bring truth, to open eyes, to do miracles through for people in L.A. and America and around the world. And so even though church would be very small and maybe I wouldn't get tons of encouragement back from people, validation, I had to renew my mind of the seriousness of me pushing past the fears and focusing on the why. God is going to come through for me because he wants to touch his people, reach his people, save his people. God isn't going to come through for me because God wants me to just look amazing, just me. God wants to come, God will come through for me because he wants his will to be done. And this is how it's going to happen. You are so valuable and precious to God. There are people in your life that can only be reached through you. That Just like me in my life, like God has ordained, God knew you here, would receive a miracle today as I pushed back the fear and stepped through and became, be strong and courageous. And I had to think about you even before I knew your faces. There are people also in your life who God's already planned, already arranged, that God's going to move through you as you step up in confidence and reach them. Hallelujah. Ah, this is thinking with the mind of Christ. This is thinking not, amen. This is thinking not the way the world thinks. Oh, I need to look good. I need to succeed to make mom and dad proud, to make people think that I look good and everything and show off my car and all that. We got to get out of that mind completely and be thinking like Christ all the time. It's not about me. It's about Jesus' people. It's about his will. It's about him being able to reach people and destroying the works of the enemy. Thank you, Lord.
Lastly, lastly, as you now are learning how to be confident and push past all of the lies of the enemy, to be confident now, you're going to be confident, children of God now, amen? You're going to be confident, sons and daughters. This is who you are going to be from today. You're going to see yourself. I'm a confident son and daughter. Every day, that's who I am. I want to share with you one thing you must be aware of. The Bible talks about we must be aware of the schemes of the enemy as he roars around like a lion looking whom he can devour. This is a scripture in the Bible that we must be aware. You must be aware of the strategy of the enemy to come through people to try to knock your confidence. The enemy works through people. And when it comes to your confidence, this is the biggest way that he will work. Through other people. Through unassuming, unsuspecting people. Through Christians who maybe just are not surrendered to God or have some work to do still and being transformed into the image of God. Amen. Have a door open. Maybe a door of jealousy. Maybe a door of religion. You have to be aware of this. Jesus. Jesus dealt with this. Before he began his ministry and became powerful in God, doing powerful works, he had nobody criticizing him, questioning him. No. But the moment that he stepped up, destroying the works of the devil, being a real threat to the enemy's kingdom, this is when he got the most powerful religious people of those days saying, he is demon-possessed. He is doing works, miracles by the power of Satan. These were the most religious people of those days and the most respected people of those days. At that time, people didn't even have wisdom. Oh, that's a religious spirit. They are so wrong. They're actually the ones being used by the devil. I mean, imagine if you were in Jesus' shoes and you're dealing with that. I never got too much ridicule um, coming at me through people until I started being used powerfully by God, until I started actually walking in his calling and knowing who I am and stepping out. It was then that people came with religious spirits. It was then that people would would comment so viciously and angrily online saying, there's no more apostles today. You need to repent. You're going to hell. You're a woman. Woman cannot preach. You better repent. God is very mad at you. Like really not nice things the way they would say it. All of this would come. It would come through people I didn't know online. Um, This ridicule and way that the enemy would try to knock my confidence would come through people in real Life, people whom I cared about. Nasty words coming, specifically trying to attack my identity as an apostle, as a leader of Fivefold Church. 
I'm telling you, I never had a tech like this on who I was until I started being used powerfully by God. Paul also, Apostle Paul, when he, when, when he became Apostle Paul, when, God, when Jesus opened up his eyes, the Bible says that people were trying to murder him. Tons of people were trying, the Pharisees were trying to murder him. Now, I want you to put yourself in, in Paul's shoes right now. Imagine you have just killed many Christians and been the leader of this uh, crusade to kill Christians. Okay? And then God opens up your eyes. And now God has called you to be this powerful apostle. Can you imagine the lies of the enemy that would go through your mind? How can I be worthy to do this? I am the last person worthy to do this, to have this honor of being used powerfully by God. These lies were going through the enemy, you better believe. These lies the enemy were going on in his head, you better believe. On top of that, now people are trying to kill him. Imagine the lies going through his head. Put yourself in his shoes. If you find out that people are trying to kill you, Imagine how you would feel. Imagine the lies of the enemy that were coming to attack his identity. You must be better off dead. If people are trying this, this, this hard to kill you, you must not be a good person. You are so hated that they're going to this extreme, you must not be a good person, and you're definitely not good enough to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. You better believe those are the lies of the enemy that were coming at him in his mind. Even the own apostles of Jesus Christ, who were godly people, did not accept him. They did not accept him at first. Imagine the lies going through his head. How will people ever receive me as I preach about Jesus? Amen? I want you to understand how the enemy works, how he would have been working then, and how he tries to work in your life today. But the Bible says that Paul actually um, fearlessly preached. He, he told them, uh, Barnabas actually assured the apostles that he'd seen Saul on his journey. He'd seen how the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. He Saul was speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. True bravery isn't feeling confident, but it's in pushing past the feelings and doing it anyways. It said he was preaching fearlessly, and I thought of myself. People look back and say, she preached fearlessly, but if they could see me inside. Hallelujah. And as you step out in confidence, God will even give you the feelings. He will prove to you, look, look, there's no need to really fear these lies of the devil. Look, these are really lies of the devil. You don't need to believe anymore. Amen? I've seen my feelings grow in confidence over time as I kept stepping out, as I kept stepping out and pushing past the feelings. Amen? Hallelujah. So be aware of people in your life. Be aware that this is how the enemy works. Once you start obeying God and stepping out, being used by him, be aware that this will come. 
It could come from unsuspecting people, even people you consider to be friends. Be aware. Hold on so tight what God has spoken to you, who you are. Let that be your truth and nothing else. You, you use that filter when somebody says differently of you. Don't instantly question yourself. Well, if they said it, it must be true because why would they say that? Because that's how we think. That's how we think. But we have to stop that from today. We really have to be aware. And I've been there. I've been there before. Like, if someone would say that, man, there must be truth to it. Like, oh, no, and start having doubts. And then days later, after I went in the spirit, meditated on it, God revealed to me, no, my dear, you didn't need to waste even one second being bothered and discouraged and worried about that word because that was literally the enemy sending this person to you to speak that lie. Amen? So from today, be aware. Be aware. God wants you to shine and succeed for him, for his glory. Be brave. Be confident. Be strong. Be courageous. God has called you to do mighty things on this earth. Mighty things. And just like I said, even coming here, even sharing your testimony, this is mighty because it's moving the mountain. God wants to start using you immediately, so powerfully. He wants you to be confident that he's chosen you in your weakness, in your perfect imperfection. He's chosen you. You are chosen. You are beloved. You are powerful vessels of God. Hallelujah. Say, I am chosen. I am a powerful vessel of God. I will destroy the works of the enemy. Nothing can stop me. I am strong. I am confident. I am courageous. This is my truth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see confident sons and daughters of God here. I see confident vessels of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands to God now. I want to pray for you. God is going to begin to move powerfully now and touch you. He's going to do miracles that you need in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to worship him now and praise him and welcome his spirit to move. Focus your eyes on him. Revere him. Honor him. Welcome him. Welcome him to do as he pleases in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, our miracle worker. Thank you for your precious power, your precious anointing, Jesus. Thank you for the miracles that you are going to do now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I release this anointing upon every person here now in Jesus' name. I declare every demonic mountain in your mind keeping you from knowing who you are, keeping you from seeing rightly. I declare that to go now in Jesus' name.
I declare you to see now. No longer be blinded by the enemy now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Every lie of the devil attacking your identity, I expose it now. God is going to start revealing to you what these lies are now. I declare your eyes to open up now. See these lies now and reject them now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As God reveals to you certain lies you are believing in your life, right now, he's bringing them to your mind. As he reveals, just speak, I reject that lie. This is how the enemy loses power in your mind as you do this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Every spirit attacking your identity, I declare it to go. Every spirit saying that you are somebody different than who God created you to be, I declare that spirit to go now in Jesus' name. And I remove all of the identities other people have given you, have spoken upon you, even since you were a child. I declare them to go. I declare that power to be broken off of you now in Jesus' name. Be free now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I declare spirit of OCD to go now in Jesus' name. Be free now. God is freeing someone right now who, has, who had that. Every label that people have given you or that doctors have given you, ADHD, ADD, um, a mental d- disorders that people have titled you as, said this is who you are, you have this. I declare that spirit to go now in Jesus' name. Be free now. And I remove the power of those words declared over you, saying this is who you are. That is gone now in Jesus' name. You are wiped free. You are an anointed child of God. That is who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I feel the power of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Father. The spirit of depression. There's some people here who have felt so bad about themselves for being unmotivated and feeling hopeless. Condemnation. I remove all of that, all the condemnation, all of the guilt, all of the hopelessness. I declare it to go now in Jesus' name. I declare spirit of depression to go now in Jesus' name. You are free now. Thank you, Jesus. I speak the energy of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to energize you, to motivate you, to strengthen you now. You will no longer be sluggish or lazy or unmotivated or depressed or down or tired. I declare, be free. Have life now. And every person here with insomnia, trouble sleeping at night, or waking up many times in the night, 
I declare that spirit to go now in Jesus' name. Be free now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every spirit of anxiety, I speak, go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Every sickness must go now. Every pain, every sickness, and every person here, every person watching, go now in Jesus' name. Be healed now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. May this truth, this truth of who you are in Christ, grow in you like a fire now. May you see yourself as God sees you. May you see yourself as beautiful, as gifted, as equipped, as empowered, able to do anything and so precious to God, and so precious in this world. May you see this now. May you see this now in Jesus' name. God wants to use you powerfully. I release this power of God, this anointing to you. God is going to begin to use you powerfully as you've been delivered today from the devil's lies. He's going to begin to use you powerfully now. Thank you, Jesus. I declare miracles to happen through you because of you as you share your testimony, as you share about God and what he is doing, what he has done, as you invite people to receive him. I declare this anointing to touch people, to reach in them and make them feel, I want to hear more. I want to receive this Jesus. I want to learn more about this Jesus. I want to see what they're talking about. I declare that to happen, that people would feel attracted to your words now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And I declare your words to be anointed. They would be healing. They would bring healing and deliverance to people as you speak. You have anointed mouths full of the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is going to use you mightily in this powerful anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to start to see this prophetic anointing work in your life, and you're going to say something to somebody, and they said, how did you know I really needed to hear that today? This is the power of God, the prophetic anointing working through you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.